0: Today to thank you not for things I ever mentioned here before not for blessings you have given or the joys you've promised are in store so as I bow before you give me the words to express my deepest thanks Not for what you've given But Lord, for what you took away You took my guilt and shame And all my sinful blame became as yours You opened wide your hands As a guilty man You wore my crown of thorns. You took the death I'd earned And all that I deserved on Calvary Lord, thanks for what you've given But most of all Thanks for what you took from me. Father, please forgive me for all the times I failed to mention this before. I've been so concerned with treasures, I went so far as to even ask for more. But you've shown me, Lord, what's precious. It's not the things you've given me today. For their worth to me is nothing when compared to what you took away. wide your hands as a guilty man you wore my crown of thorns. Thanks for what you've given, but most of all, thanks for what you took from me. You took the dishonor, all that I deserved on Calvary. Lord, thanks for what you've given, but most of all, Thanks for what you took from me, what you took from me.
1: Amen. If you have your Bibles this morning, look with me in Isaiah 45. Isaiah chapter 45. Y'all glad to be here this morning? It is good to be in the Lord's house. I want to thank you for being here. I couldn't think of a better place to be on the first Sunday of this new year. And I I can't think of a better start than to be right here in the Lord's house with with His people in His Word. And uh, it's just good to be saved. It's good to know the Lord. And I want to begin this morning... A series of sermons that I'll be preaching on Sunday morning for the next month or so. Excuse me. And I want to talk to you in this series about getting back to the basics. Getting back to the basics. And in this series, I will preach on several subjects. And these subjects are basically just the basics of Christianity, the basics of the Bible. We are to move as Christians to the meat of God's Word. But friend, we can't forget about the milk. As one preacher always said, you got to wash that meat down with something. And uh, I tell you, it's the, the simple foundational truths that are so precious today. And I'm going to begin this series speaking and talking and preaching on salvation this morning. Next week I'll be on the work of the Holy Spirit. The next week we'll talk about baptism. And we're just going to get on some simple foundational truths that we must never leave as a church. We should never get away from preaching on salvation on baptism, the work of the Holy Spirit of God. We should never never get away from these things. And this whole series is about us going back to where it all began. Isaiah 45, I want you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word. If there's anything we're standing up for today, it's the Word of God this morning. I want to read one verse, very short, very simple, verse 22. Look unto me, and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. Verse 22 again. Look unto me, and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. Repetition brings emphasis. Read it with me. Verse 22. Look unto me, and be ye saved. All the ends of the earth. For I am God, and there is none else. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you that there is only one God and there is none else. I'm glad there is only one Savior and there is none else. Lord, I'm thankful that you put salvation in a way that an old country boy like me can understand it. Nobody should have the excuse that they can't understand what you give them, Lord. You made it simple for us. Lord, what makes it so difficult is that sin nature we have and that old pride that we have. I pray, Lord, that You would send Your Holy Spirit to break that pride down this morning. And I pray if there's one soul in this place that's lost, Lord, I pray that they would look unto You and be saved today. Lord, I pray that souls would be saved in this place. Lord, I pray as promised land that we would always point people to the cross. That we would always point this lost world to you. Lord, I ask for your help as I preach this message. I don't want to preach it in my power. I want to preach it in the power of your Holy Spirit this morning. Lord, I need your touch today. Lord, I love you and I praise your holy name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. I want to begin this series of messages on a very simple topic, and it is the topic of salvation. Salvation. It has been said for as long as I've been living, I'm sure as long as you've been living, that salvation is simple and anybody can be saved. And that is the truth today, that salvation is simple enough that we can all get it. And the simple truth is today that every one of us in this room Can be saved. And here is the truth Jesus called salvation the straight gate. He called salvation the narrow way. And he said there will be few that find salvation. Isn't it amazing something that God has made so easy, so simple, that only a few will find true salvation? Isn't it amazing today that something as great as salvation, may I tell you the salvation God has to offer is the greatest thing on earth today. And the majority of people that go through this world is going to miss the salvation that God has provided through His Son, Jesus. As we sit here today at Promised Land Church, could it be that there is some in this place that has missed it? The Bible said there will be more in hell than in heaven. Friend, that's something serious. That's something we need to consider today. If it's something that's simple and that easy, why isn't everybody getting saved today? But the truth is, everybody needs to be saved. That's where it all begins. That's where it all starts. Let me tell you something, promised land. We should never leave the simple truth that Jesus is the Savior of the world. And we must preach that till Jesus comes again. And every time that people flood into this church, we must tell them there's only one way to be saved. And it's through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to notice what salvation is. The definition of salvation is simply to be preserved or rescued from harm. The state of being saved from sin and evil. I know today this is a simple message. I know this is about as simple as it gets. But friend, we need it more than we ever have. Because so many people are going to leave this earth without finding salvation. And salvation means to be preserved or rescued from harm. May I tell you that harm is out there. And it's called sin. And it's called hell. And it's called Satan. And every one of us in this room today needs to be saved or rescued from that place called hell. Every one of us needs to be saved from sin and from evil. You say, Preacher, who needs to be saved? Everybody needs to be saved. We need to be rescued today. How many wants to be rescued from hell? I do. Who wants to go to hell? Who, who, who wants to spend an eternity in torment? Nobody does. We need to be saved. We need to be preserved. And I'm glad today that God has the answer. Humanity has searched all over the globe, they have searched in religions, they have searched in colleges, they have searched in universities to find the answer of salvation. And may I tell you that the simple truth of salvation is found in the living Word of God this morning. You don't have to go to college to find salvation, you don't have to go to a certain religion to find salvation, you find it right here, written, and thus saith the Lord... Friend, the Word of God declares what salvation is. Notice what He said. Look unto Me, be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. Friend, there is salvation provided by God. There's a few questions I want to ask today that I believe that many people ask when it comes to the place of salvation. Number one, why? Must I be saved? Because you must be saved from the presence of sin. In the book of Romans, Roman declares that every one of us today are sinners. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5.12 Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. I love Brother Bruce's testimony the other night when he said, I never killed a man. He said, I I never stole anything. But he said, I'm still a sinner. I'm still a sinner. And a lot of times we like to put grades and levels on sin, but the reality of it is we're all sinners. And the Bible declares that every one of us was born into this world by the nature of and through the seed of Adam and through our nature, we are sinners. You don't have to do anything to be a sinner. You were a sinner when you were born. And that sin nature reveals itself as you begin to grow older. And and as you grow older, you see and realize that you are a sinner. Let me tell you something. Sin is in our life. Sin is in our heart. Sin is all around us. And we must be saved today for the sole purpose to be saved from the presence of sin. We are sinners Josh Llewellyn is a sinner. I must be saved for the simple fact that sin is in my life. And sin is destroying me, sin is killing me. Let me tell you something, sin is cancer, okay? And it is eating us alive today. And we must be saved from that infection that is destroying us on the inside. I'm not talking about the outside, I'm talking about the inside. And sin is destroying and killing people every single day and sending them to hell. Let me tell you something. We are sinners and we must be saved for the simple fact that we are sinners. And sin is destroying us. Friend, I want you to know that God is not the author of confusion. The devil's the author of confusion. Confusion comes from sin. Sin is in this world. Confusion is all in this world, which means sin is all in this world. Everywhere you look, there's sin and the consequences of sin. And we must be saved from the That thing called sin. Sin is killing us. You say, preacher, there must be an answer for cancer. Friend, it's called Jesus. You know why there's cancer, why there's death, why there's disease, why there's famine? Because of sin. Sin is what's killing us. Don't put your eyes on the little bitty thing. Put your eyes on the big picture here. Sin is what's destroying us today. We must fix sin. How do we do it? By being saved. By being saved. Why must I be saved today? To be saved from the penalty or punishment of sin. I say this a lot. And the Bible says the wages of sin is death. The simple truth is today I am a sinner. And there is a consequence of me being a sinner. There is punishment. There is a penalty to come For the simple truth that I am a sinner. We stand before God as sinners. And I love to illustrate it like this. And I may have done it in here before. But I love to illustrate it like this. If Kaylin comes to me and and I've told her to do something and and she didn't do it and she disobeyed me, I say, Kalen, come here. She messed up, didn't she? And now she stands before her father to answer for what she's done wrong. And now I say, Kalen, you didn't obey me. And now she stands there guilty of what's next. There's a penalty. There's punishment. They've come coming a whooping or a grounding. I know a lot of people don't like whoopings, but whoopings are good. It's biblical. <laughs> and I don't know what a whipping is, but I know what a whooping is. <laughs> and I say, Kalen, here you are. You messed up. She stands before her father. Wrong. She's wrong. And now she has to stand accountable for what she's done. May I tell you this morning that we will all stand before God guilty. And we all stand before Him guilty. And we stand accountable for the simple truth and fact that we are sinners. And there will be a punishment. There will be a penalty for the sole purpose because we are sinners. And like I said, I love what Brother Bruce said. I've never killed a man. I've never robbed anybody. I've never committed adultery. Friend, it don't matter. You're a sinner today. We all come short of the glory of God. And let me tell you something. There is a penalty, and that penalty is called hell. It is called hell. You know what hell is today? It is eternal separation from God. I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be eternally separated from God. Hey, the fire, it's bad. The pain, is bad. I don't even want to think about it. But the worst part of hell is the love of God is nowhere to be felt. You are eternally separated from a holy and righteous God. If you're here today and you're lost, the one good thing you have going for you is the grace and the love and the mercy of God is reaching out to you to try to get you to be saved today. But friend, the very moment you die, you are eternally separated from God and you'll never know the love of God again. You'll never feel love. You'll never know love. Friend, there is no love in hell. Oh, I don't want to go there. I want to go to heaven. We must be saved from the penalty or the punishment. And friend, we must be saved for the simple fact that we are perishing. Notice what perish means. It means to disappear. It means to vanish. It means to fade, to dissolve, to die. Psalm six. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Friend, lost men, we're perishing. We're dissolving. We're getting older, if y'all hadn't noticed yet. Older people know what this word perish means. It means to fade and to dissolve. And friend, we're perishing. And we need to be saved from the simple fact that a life without God, you're perishing. You're dissolving. Your life's going to fade away. What is life? It's but a vapor. It just appears a little time. Then it vanishes away. Let me tell you something. This world is perishing. This world needs to be saved. We are dissolving. We are growing older. We are growing every minute is closer and closer to the time that we're going to have to meet God and stand before Him. We are dissolving. Question number two, who can be saved? And I love what he said in verse 22. If you're with me, say amen. He said, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth. I want you to hold your place there and look in Revelation 22. Revelation 22. And I think sometimes there is some confusion about who salvation is given to. Because I've heard religions, I've heard philosophers, I've heard different ones try to put limits or boundaries to where the gospel can go. And that the gospel and salvation is only for a certain few. It's only for a certain group of people. And I'm going to be honest, I get mad when I hear that. I get frustrated when I hear that. And they say, well, I'll tell you, if you're not this part of the group, you can't be saved. You can't be saved if you're this or if you're that. I'm glad God is not us today. And I'm glad that there is no boundaries, that there is no limit to the invitation that God has given humanity for salvation. Notice what He said in verse 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is athirst, Come. And whosoever... Boy, isn't that pretty. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life Freely. Jesus said in John 10, I am the door. By me, I love this, if any man, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. You say, preacher, who can be saved? Whosoever can be saved today. Whosoever will. If you are willing to accept that God loves you and that He sent you a Savior in Jesus, and you're willing to accept the simple fact that you are a sinner and you need Jesus to save you, you can be saved today. There are no limits when it comes to the love of God. When it comes... Let me listen now. There are no boundaries when it comes to the cross of Calvary. How dare me, how dare anybody to say, Jesus died for me, but He didn't for you. That is against the Word of God. How dare anybody to say that God loves you, but He don't love me. Let me tell you something. Quit putting limits on the power and the love of God. The love of God is beyond our comprehension. Let me tell you something. His love is for everybody. That cross is for everybody. That blood is for everybody. Whosoever will is the one that the blood was shed for. May I tell you today, I'm glad that it doesn't matter if you're white, black, purple, or green. You can be saved by the precious blood of Jesus. It doesn't matter what what religion you're part of. A lot of people say, well, you've got to be a Baptist to be saved. You've got to be Catholic to be saved. Friend, you've got to know Jesus as your personal Savior to be saved. Religion will not save you, only Jesus Christ will save your soul. And the salvation that He has given us, it, the invitation is given out to all men. And I am so glad today that when God looked at me, He didn't say, oh boy, He's worthy of it. Because the truth is, none of us are worthy of it today. He gave it all to us freely. Man, I am glad today that God saved me in spite of me. <laughs> Hello? You say, well, you, you're you not worthy of it. I agree with you. I'm not worthy of it. But that's, that's what makes Him so good and so big and so wonderful today. Because He loved me anyway. And He loves you anyway. I've heard it. Oh, those people are in sin. They can't be saved. That's why they need to be saved, people. Well, they're in those relationships and they can't be saved like that, friend. God can deliver anybody from anything today. Let's quit putting boundaries on the gospel of Christ. Let me tell you something. God can save anybody. I hope and pray that you'll let Him save you today. Who can be saved? Any man, whosoever will, can be saved. Point number three. How can I be saved? Notice what He said here. He said, look... Unto me. We must look unto Him if we're going to be saved today. We must look unto the Lord. We must look to Jesus. You say, what kind of look is it? It's a look of faith. We look at Jesus with a hope and a faith that He has the ability to save us. Okay? Okay? My salvation is not based upon what I have to do. My salvation is based upon what Jesus already did for me at Calvary 2,000 years ago. Okay? Salvation is based upon the finished work of Jesus Christ at Calvary. And we have faith that everything He did is good enough to save our soul from that thing called sin and from that place called hell. And I believe the finished work of Calvary can save anybody today if you will place your faith and trust and hope in that simple fact. He said, look unto me. We must look unto Jesus. People are looking everywhere. There's one place to look. Jesus Christ. Look to Jesus Look to Him and be saved. Look unto Me. That's the cry. That's the call. Now here's the story. Here's the illustration. The brazen serpent. You remember the fiery serpents that was sent there in the book of Numbers, I believe it was. And the children of Israel was disobedient to the Lord. And they began to gripe and they began to grumble about God. And so the Lord sent fiery serpents and bit them and people began to die. And they began to cry, oh, we need help, we need to be saved. And you know what the Lord said? He said, Moses, I want you to take a serpent and I want you to make it of brass. I want you to put it <clears throat> excuse me, on a pole and I want it to be lifted up in the wilderness. And when it's lifted up in the wilderness, I want you to tell the people to look on it and they can be saved. And the Bible said that He built this serpent of brass. He put it on a pole. He lifted it up in the wilderness. He told the people, you look at it and you can find salvation today. The Bible said that they looked and they lived. When they looked at that brass and that pole, they lived because God told them, you do this and you can be saved. You do this. You say, preacher, was it that pole? Was it that false image that saved them? No, it was God that saved them. It was their obedience to the Word of God. And they didn't just look at that pole. They looked at that pole in faith, knowing that because God said, if you look at it, I'll save you. Their faith wasn't in the pole. Their faith was in God. Their faith was in God and they got saved that day for the simple fact because their faith was in the Lord. Now I want you to look with me in John chapter 3. This is a verse that I read this morning to the children. What a wonderful verse. The same picture here. Jesus brought mention to the fact about that serpent being lifted up in the wilderness. Notice what He said. In verse 14, John 3 and 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He had to be lifted up so that we can be saved. You say, how can I be saved today? For the simple fact that Jesus was lifted up for you. He was lifted up. He went to Calvary for you. He said that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. I'm glad that I can have eternal life in Jesus today. That if I put my belief and my trust and my hope and faith in Jesus, that He will save me. What do I look at? You look at Him that was lifted up. He was lifted up for you. He was lifted up for you and for me. And we look at the fact that Jesus did everything that needed to be done in order for us to be saved. Do you believe that what Jesus did was enough? I do. I do. What was one of the last words, the last sayings of Jesus? He said, it is finished. There's nothing else that needs to be done. Look and live. Look to me and I'll let you live. Friend, we need to be saved. How do we be saved? We look. We look. We look unto Him. We look unto Him. Notice what He said there in our text. He said, for I am God. Now, I'm going to clear something up. This salvation that I preach of is is not the missionary Baptist way of salvation. This is God's way of salvation. Well, salvation according to this group and salvation according to that group, who cares what they believe? Salvation is by God. He said, for I am the Lord. He said, I am the one that has the authority to save you. Nobody else in the world has the authority to save us, or nobody else in the world has the authority to send us a Savior. Only God had that right. Only God has the ability and the authority to save us today. I want you to know that salvation is not of men, but it's of God. Salvation is not of religion, salvation is not of universities, salvation is not of college, but true salvation is of the Lord. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is the founder, the creator, the author of salvation. He started salvation, He can finish salvation. Everything about salvation is from Him, of Him, and about Him. You cannot get away from God and think you're going to be saved. Well, I'm going to be saved my own way. You don't get saved your way. You get saved God's way. Because He created it. He authored it. He started it. Well, why do I have to do it this way? Because God said. And your obedience to the Word of God is what will save your soul today. When you look and you live... God's the author. He's the creator. He's the sustainer of salvation. And I notice what he said. There is none beside me. There is none else. I love that. There is no other way to get saved. No, Nothing else, nobody else, not baptism, not good works, not all these things. They have their place, they have their time, but friend, nothing can take the place of true salvation. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes unto the Father but by me. He's the only way. There is no other name given under uh, under heaven, given among men, whereby we must be saved. It is the only name in which we can be saved today. There is no other Savior. There is no other salvation. We talked last week about riding our coattails to heaven on grandma's coattails. You can't do it. you got to do it for yourself today. May I tell you, there's a Savior that's been lifted up for you. He's been exalted for you. You say, preacher, what do I do today? You look unto Him and get saved. You look unto Him. I'm reminded of Charles Spurgeon. When he was a teenager... He went one Sunday morning on a snowy morning. Most people couldn't get to church that day. He was 15, 16 years old. The preacher couldn't even make it to church that day. And there was a layman that stepped up to the pulpit. And he began to preach that day, nervous as all get out. But he opened the Bible up and he turned to Isaiah 45 and 22. And he said, look unto me and be ye saved all the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. And he said he repeated it about ten times. He read it over and over and over again. And the man finally said, he said he was just an old country bumpkin. He said he didn't have a theology degree. He didn't go to college, but he knew the gospel. And he said this is a simple text indeed. It says, look. Now look and don't take a deal of pain. It ain't lifting in your foot or your finger. It's just a look. Well, man need not to go to college to learn to look. You may may be the biggest fool and yet you can look. A man need not be worth a thousand a year to look. Anyone can look, even a child. And he began to preach on this text. And he said, look, look, look. And over and over in his message, he said, look. Look to Jesus, the only Savior of the world. He said, look unto Him, look unto Me. I am sweating great drops of blood, look unto Me. I am hanging on the cross, look unto Me. Jesus is saying, I am dead and I am buried, look unto Me. I rise again, look unto Me. I ascend to heaven, look unto Me. I am sitting at the Father's right hand. Oh, poor sinner, look unto Me, look unto Me. And this layman began to preach... And then he noticed this young boy sitting out there and he stopped the service at the very end. And he pointed and he said, Young man, you look miserable. And you will always be miserable. Miserable in life and miserable in death if you don't obey this text. But if you obey now, this moment, you will be saved. And he threw his hands in the air and he said, Young man, look to Jesus Christ. Look. Look to Him. Look unto Him. You have nothing to do but look and to live. I encourage you today to look and live. This man became a preacher. We know Charles Spurgeon. And it all started with the text and the invitation when God said, Look unto me. Look unto me, friend. We need not look at religion. We need not look at what man has done. We must look at what God has done for us today. Would you look today if you're here? Say, Preacher, I've never been saved. You can be saved this morning. Say, Preacher, I'm scared. I don't want to walk the aisle. Friend, you don't have to walk the aisle to be saved. I can't save you, but I know a man who can this morning. And Jesus can save your soul. But if you have questions, you can walk this aisle and you can be saved. You say, Preacher, I'm scared to death. Friend, don't be scared of us. Be scared of hell. (laughs) Don't worry about us. We're going to be your cheerleader this morning. We're praying that you walk this aisle and get saved. We're praying that you look unto Jesus today and trust in Him with your salvation. Look unto Him. Look. Don't look anywhere else, but look unto Him. Look to Him. Child of God, why don't you just pray this morning for lost souls? Why don't you pray for your lost family, your lost friends that had not looked to Jesus yet? Have you noticed this old world? They're looking everywhere. And they're trying to find the answer. They're trying to find the answer. Friend, the answer is in Jesus. 2,000 years ago, He went to the cross and He died for us. That's the answer. Look to Calvary. Look to the shed blood of Jesus and be saved today. Preacher, I'm nervous. I'm scared. You know what the Bible said? One sinner. Cathead, this is awesome. One sinner gets saved. Heaven's rejoicing. That means that heaven is ready for somebody to get saved today. They're waiting in anticipation, ready to shout, ready to sing, for one sinner to come home and be saved. Let me tell you something about Promised Land Church. They're going to shout and praise with you. They're going to celebrate with you. Let's stand this morning. If you have a public decision to make, you need to come for baptism, you need to join this church, I want to encourage you to do that this morning. If these altars are open, if you need to come to these altars, please come. Please deal with what God is dealing with you about today. But all oh, lost person, would you be saved? Look unto him and be saved. Jesus said, Look to me. Would you look to him today? We'll pay.